Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Get now to our guest, Selena Sia, head of Greater China Equity Research at Credit Suisse Wealth Management. She joins us from Hong Kong. We're looking at uh, President Xi's planned visit to Central Asia this week and whether or not that's a risk to China assets if it leads to closer economic ties with Russia or whether it's an opportunity here. If you look at the fact that he's leaving China for the first time in a thousand days, does that suggest some normalcy could remain and we could see an easing of Dynamic Zero after the Party Congress? I think it's, uh, the answer is twofold. One is that um, when the uh, Communist Party leader uh, is taking off from the mainland uh, before the 20th Party Congress, it was said that uh, probably he's more relaxed about the local situation. In other words, uh, the local situation can be uh, quite under control. Uh, however, uh, when he's taking off from the mainland um, for uh, other countries uh, that would also suggest uncertainties in terms of uh, political tension uh, and uh, the, uh, the, the result um, from the visit. You've turned neutral, though, on the China equity stories as a whole. Tell us why you've made that change from neutral to overweight, given the fact that if we do see some change in policy, I mean, you would think that would be a positive boon for China's economy and for equities. Hmm. I think um, for a few reasons. Uh, one is that the economic situation in China deteriorated more severely uh, compared to what we had uh, previously expected in terms of one, uh, the COVID outbreak. Um, secondly, um, the power shortage. And uh, in terms of external pressure, um, the US-China trade tension seemed to be re-emerging. Uh, and uh, coupled with the fact that um, the policy stimulus that we had seen so far from the Chinese government uh, seems to be uh, less uh, effective uh, compared to what we'd expected. So um, we choose to be more cautious and therefore downgraded uh, China equities from overweight to neutral. There has been some uh, potentially good news, though, for the tech space. I mean, we've got Tencent winning this approval for a new game for the first time since regulators froze all those licensing agreements in 2021. Do you see that as a positive sign for the overall tech space? Um, I think in terms of the overall tax space, um, that would still be some uh, uncertainty uh, going forward uh, in the way that uh, we've seen some uh, policy uh, issues uh, surrounding some of the tech uh, players. And uh, we've also seen some uh, major shareholders unloading um, some of the tech companies' uh, shares. And um, therefore, those would still be uncertainties uh, going forward in the immediate and uh, medium uh, future. And therefore, we tend to be more cautious on the sector as a whole.
And of course, those delisting concerns, as you rightly point out, are still going to prevail there too. When it comes to the property space, I mean, this is one area that no matter what we see from the party Congress in terms of potentially a pivot away from those very strict COVID policies, which are hampering the economy, still remains. I mean, you still have people not being able to potentially pay their mortgages or these developers not having started a lot of the developments. Uh, How worrying is that in terms of not only investing in property in China, but the overall uh, economic picture? Uh, I would think that um, I think the government is watching closely on the situation, uh, given the fact that that sector is quite uh, crucial uh, in terms of deciding uh, the overall health of the economy. Uh, having said that, uh, the sector as a whole has been very highly fragmented and therefore arguably is overdue for consolidation. Um, going forward, medium to long term, uh, I would uh believe that the major state entities in the sector are likely going to consolidate some of the smaller players uh, that would be uh, uh, less uh, in terms of geographical um, uh, exposure in the country. And therefore, the bigger ones would become bigger and the smaller ones are likely going to face out. So I would think I would think that the sector would present some kind of a investment opportunity at this point, especially the share prices have been quite weak and uh, mainstream uh, real estate developers may be the um, winner uh, overall uh, go in the long run. What sort of further targeted policy support are you expecting, though, for the property sector? Um, we can be talking about um, uh, credit easing um, for some of the developers. Um, we can also be uh, talking about some uh, mortgage uh, preferential rates uh, for potential buyers. So as a whole, I think there can be more stimulus coming forward um, for the real estate uh, sector as a whole in order to support the, um, the whole sector. When we look at the, the yuan, a lot of the weakness here is about this this dollar strength because we're seeing it reflected in a number of EM currencies. But there does seem to be this uh, psychological line in the sand when it comes to the seven to the dollar level. We're going to be looking ahead to see whether or not we get a 15th straight uh, fix of a stronger than expected bias today. What are you reading into the moves by the PBOC? And do you think in a way they don't even mind if it does depreciate a little further? Uh, I think we've seen some actions by PBOC previously um, when the exchange rate hit a certain level. And therefore, um, I think they do mind um, whether or not um, the FX exchange is uh, depreciating too quickly uh, for the CNY. And um, therefore, um, yeah, um, if you were to look at the your overall economies, uh, the United States is raising uh, rates. Uh, China is um, uh, that declining in terms of rates and therefore um, the depreciation of CNY against the US dollar is pretty much expected. Um, but I don't think the PBOC would like to see the depreciation to come through too quickly and too um, sharply. And therefore, um, we might um, be expecting some kind of action um, from the PBOC. Let's talk about Hong Kong, where you are as well, too. We're hearing this news that uh, Hong Kong may let COVID travellers skip the infamous Penny's Bay, which I'm sure for anyone living in Hong Kong is is uh, very good news. We're also looking at potentially the end to hotel quarantine itself by November as well. How are things on the ground? How do you kind of view investing in Hong Kong amidst all the uncertainties? 
Um, I think in a way that um, Hong Kong's gradually opening up already, and we've seen the airlines um, providing more routes, um, uh, both uh, long haul and uh, short haul. And therefore, comparing year on year, the situation's already improving quite a lot. Um, and um, the current situation, um, arguably, um, we're still uh, in kind of a quarantine mode um, for inbound travelers. Um, but um, comparing last year, we're already improving. So hopefully, um, towards the early uh, 2023, um, the policy can relax a little bit when the situation of COVID improves a little bit in the in the city. So we are quite hopeful uh, for the whole recovery to come through in time. And does Hong Kong then roll back because you've got so many comparisons to Singapore, rents there rising as people exit Hong Kong. Once restrictions are eased, does the appeal of Hong Kong remain? Um, I think um, Hong Kong remains quite an attractive uh, location in terms of uh, investment because it's very close to the mainland. And as it, in fact, we are part of the mainland. And therefore, um, if mainland represents a, a, a meaningful kind of uh, market in terms of growth over the long run, um, I think Hong Kong would definitely uh, benefit uh, in time. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll wait to see as well how the markets reopen this morning and what we get from the PBOC in terms of the fix as well. Selena, thank you. Selena C, ahead of Greater China Equity Research at Credit Suisse Wealth Management. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.